Is there a Delilah spirit at work and you are unaware? Don't let the spirit of Delilah destroy your life. Compromise and justification, both of these, they're at the root of this wicked spirit. So I titled it, How to Recognize and Dismantle a Delilah Spirit. When we are informed, then we are armed. When I know something, I'm actually responsible to carry it out, but I'm also armed. In other words, I'm strengthened to carry that very thing out, right? Knowledge is power in the life of a Christian who is open to the truth, which makes us free. Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But before we can talk about Delilah, I need to make mention of Samson. Otherwise, it wouldn't really make sense. So what a horrible ending to a beautiful beginning. Say, that's not going to be me. But what a horrible ending to a beautiful beginning in his life, Samson. He was enslaved by compromise, spiritual blindness. He had spiritual blindness and physical blindness. And his words came to pass, let me die with the Philistines. Never speak a curse word over yourself. Never speak the word of death, destruction, and loss over yourself. Because you're literally speaking a curse word. You're speaking death. And we are to speak life, not death. He was a man with a call of God, once known for his strength, enticed as a prisoner of sin and died under a pile of stones in his own strength. He pushed, he was pushed down and died in his own strength. A man of strength pushed the walls and though he had strength, collapsed and died under the strength of those stones. His strength became his downfall. See, an unguarded strength can become a double weakness. Now, I want you to listen because there are things in here that are going to apply to you. There are also things in here that are going to apply to your children and your, and your, your offspring. So with his death, he killed more people than he had killed in his life. How many of you guys are aware of the story? Many of you? Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's ironic how someone so strong physically was so weak spiritually. He was so strong physically, yet spiritually weak. You could say his strength killed him. But there was an ungodly spirit at work behind the scenes. Is there an ungodly spirit at work in your life? Because if there is, we need to deal with it. Now I want you to turn to Judges and in chapter 13. We're going to start reading here for a majority of this chapter. This is when the angel of the Lord announced the conception of Samson. Starting in verse 2 to 14. 
says, Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel, an angel of God. Very awesome, but I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, no drink, no wine or similar drink or, any, or eat anything unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O oh my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah and answered, and, and, sorry, and the angel of the Lord came to the woman again, and she was sitting in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Then the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, Look, the man who came to me the other day has just now appeared to me. So he rose and he followed his wife. And when he, came to the, and when he came to the man, he said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Manoah said, Now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, all Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink or eat anything unclean. All that I command her, let her observe. So we see here the announcement. The angel of the Lord comes to them and literally says, you're going to have a son and your son is separate. In other words, he's set apart. He's going to be a Nazarite. He's going to take a Nazarite vow. And as a matter of fact, so are you. Like we're going to start now so that the womb that you carry your son in is clean and cleansed and going before that which I'm giving birth to. Somebody get the revelation. Let the word of the Lord go deep. For God wants to reveal so much more than what is at surface level here. There's a cleansing that's happening even still yet in your own life, though you've already borne your children. For I believe that God will go back and heal what needed to be healed in the first place but wasn't. Because we, got, we serve a God of restoration. And we serve a God that serves and he says, no matter how many times you may feel you have fallen, get back up and rise again. Right? So there's a healing process. He says to the woman... The angel says to the woman, you must keep this Nazarite vow before you even give birth. Let's go and read 
verses 24 and 25. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. So a Nazarite vow means devoted, means consecrated. There's three things to a Nazarite vow most of you may already know. Number one, to abstain from wine and intoxicating drink. Number two, he was not to cut his hair. Number three, he was not to go near a dead body. So th those are the three requirements for this Nazarite vow. Not to have any wine or any intoxicating drink. Not to cut his hair and not to go near a dead body. Those of you that know the story know that he actually forfeited at all three points this vow. Now, it's important that we know that at this point in history, Israel had entered into idolatry again. And the Lord raised up Samson to deliver Israel from a 40-year period of oppression. Unfortunately, Samson violated the Nazarite vow, and though the Lord still worked through him, his life and his ministry was cut short. That's not going to be you. Right? That is not going to be you. Your life and your ministry will not be cut short. God has given us his word so that we are aware of what's around and we have revelation knowledge so that we can obey the truth and not walk in deception. Samson had great physical strength because the Lord empowered him. It was the power of God. But he had a moral weakness that led to his destruction. Don't rely on your strength that came from God. And you can't claim or act as if you did something to get it. It's a gift. Samson had great physical strength because the Lord gave it to him. He had an assignment to do. And he was going to fulfill that assignment. And he did partially. But that moral weakness that he didn't deem necessary to build up became his downfall. We are to build ourselves up in the most holy faith. So the spirit of Delilah. The spirit of Delilah can only oppress you not stumble you unless there's sin in your life. Now, Samson, as strong as he was, continued to walk in compromise. So there was an open door where Delilah could certainly, and the spirit of Delilah could certainly enter in. So he compromised many times in his life. And the thing is, he showed no signs of stopping. As I was reading through the whole account again, I was quite alarmed at what I deemed as prideful in his life as I read through his account again. You know, it's important. How many of you believe in reading through the Bible like repeatedly, over and over and over, right? And every time you read through the Word of God, God gives you more revelation. And you see things you didn't know were there before, right? So I'm reading and I'm just going, I'm amazed at how much pride there was in this man. Now, he was a strong man. God chose him. He had a calling. But there is that area of pride I could just see because he was supernaturally gifted with strength. Sometimes when you're supernaturally gifted in an area, it could be 
it could become an area of pride unless you guard it. So the spirit of Delilah cannot enter, it cannot have its way, cannot stumble you unless there's sin in your life. So because there was in his life, Delilah, that spirit of Delilah was able to seduce him, was able to seduce him to the size of a crumb. He's a strong man. And to rob him from his God-given purpose. So what is, a, what is a Delilah spirit? A seducing, enticing, weakening spirit that pesters you daily to annoy you, to frustrate you until you give in. We're going to read it in a minute. Continually speaking the same thing, doing the same thing, trying to get you frustrated, trying to weaken your will until you say, okay, that's fine. We'll do it your way. I'm tired of this. We'll just do it your way. Oh, it's still at work. Let's turn our Bibles to uh, chapter 16 in Judges, uh, verses 5 and 6. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him, which means seduce him, and find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies, and with what you may be bound to afflict you. Who would answer that? Seriously, you've got to be in a lot of compromise to even listen to such a statement and then go ahead and answer it, right? Like if somebody was to tell you, what's your strength? Come on, just tell me. Just go ahead and tell me. You know, please tell me, where's your great strength? And what can you be bound with to afflict you? What? Like this sounds like a setup. Because it was. It was a setup. See, only one that's already enticed in sin would think this is a game. He was already enticed in sin, so he, to him it was a game. We have to take the things of the Lord seriously and not compromise and not allow the enemy access. I mean, he was consecrated to God even before he was born. But what a crushing calamity was about to come. Let's jump down to verse 16. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words. Verse 16, let's read it again. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. Now everyone should have their wheels spinning about now. Everyone should be thinking, wow, is there a Delilah spirit that's at work in my life? Uh, then maybe there is something that's pestering me continuously, wanting its way. Remember, the, 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 that's, that spirit came to Delilah to entice her to go to Samson. I already read it, right? The enemy will put people up to come into completely just barrage you just continuously again and again and again with the same old thing the same old thing the same old thing it's like a two-year-old that won't stop right it's like a two-year-old and you know what for some of us moms out there I'm a mom of four children adults now but I remember when they were little 
And when you've got four children and they're all under your feet and they're all home and, you know, and they're and one and two and three, and there's the same old things, asking, please, 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 please. You know what? Sometimes it's just easier to say, okay, fine. But that's when mistakes are small. You can't have that mentality as you move on in life and you realize what it may cost you. So that his soul was vexed to death means annoyed and frustrated. Notice how she came daily to get him to change his mind. I guess his no wasn't good enough. It's not. Not for a spirit of Delilah. Verse 17. And he told her all his heart. He gave in. He was tired of it. He got weary. That's a dangerous place to be, church. But we can recognize the signs and not allow ourselves to be placed in a situation where we get weary and give in. And that's the key point here. So he told her all of his heart and said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Wow. Daily pressures to make you change your mind literally lulls you to sleep and then blinds you spiritually and torments you so you forfeit your God-given purpose. Verse 18, we're going to keep going to 19. When Delilah saw that he had told her all this heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, because they had already done this a few times. For he has told me all his heart. So the, Lord, the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Then she lulled him to sleep. She lulled him. The enemy lulled him to sleep because there was already compromise in his life. The enemy lulled him to sleep. Let every slumbering spirit come off of you and your family now. In the name of Jesus, there will be no lulling to sleep from the enemy unto you. Amen? So then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks off his head. And then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. Dear God. Samson was bound with chains and physically blinded and enslaved because of compromise. Look at verse 21. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. They gouged out his eyes. They put out his eyes. They brought him down to, to Gaza and they bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison, enslaved by compromise. My goodness. See, when God wants, well, when God wants to bless you, he, does, he sends a person. But when the enemy tries to entrap you, he also sends a person. So you need to know who you're in company with, right? So how can you discern if a Delilah spirit is at work? Well, number one, your no means nothing to them. You say no, 
and they don't care. They persist and they insist. Your no literally is overlooked and they continue to think that what they think is of God, but yet if you've heard from the Lord, why would you entertain such a spirit? So they persist until they get their way. You know, you may know what God has told you to do, but you are tired of the opposition. You're tired of fighting. You're tired of the same old, same old battle. How many are following what I am talking about tonight? Wow. Did you know there was the spirit of Delilah that was at work against you? But you do now, right? We do now. I told you the Lord woke me up at 1 a.m. And I've been up since then. And I heard, and I just worshiping and worshiping. And Lord, what do you want to say? And I hear a spirit of Delilah. I, went, I knew where, I knew this was the story of Samson. I went and I read. And I just let the Lord speak. How else can you discern if a Delilah spirit is at work? Well, you would rather make others happy because of their constant pressure, but in turn, you deceive yourself. Samson got deceived. You leave your house of worship that God called you to because your family does not approve and pesters you about it. There's a slow decline of wanting to please man more than God. Oh, if I was to ask you, you would say, no, I want to please God more than man. But because you don't want the resistance anymore, there's a slow decline that in reality, you just want to get out of this fight. But we're called to fight. We're called to war. If you're uncomfortable, then consider it the Holy Spirit because I don't wake myself up at one in the morning. So what are some other clues the Delilah spirit is at work. Well, your identity is wrapped in your gift, and it's true for a lot of people, and pride becomes your downfall. You know, you're literally your identity, and if that gift was removed, it becomes your, your downfall because it, you confused your gift with your identity. Gifting, here's another one. Gifting is more important than character to you, and being seen by man is elevated above the God who sees you. So compromise, deception, pride, all these things, they give access to the spirit of Delilah, which leads to death. Samson had a call on his life, but he was full of compromise. Nobody sets out to compromise. I mean, not if you really love God, you don't. You don't set out to, I'm going to compromise, right? You set out not to. But slowly but surely, if you're not heeding the word of God, and there's a spirit at work, and you are unaware Oh, it can certainly happen. So with such a strong beginning, and one of the things that I found so interesting was that he had such a strong beginning, he was, his birth was announced by an angel. Was your birth announced by an angel? I mean, I don't know, maybe it was, but, but I mean, I know Jesus's was. His birth was announced by an angel. Like literally, you might go, oh yes, angels. Well, maybe they did, but he went and told his mother and his father. And then the father said, who was he? I'm going to pray God brings him back. And God brought him back. So we're talking a pretty significant beginning here. 
So with such a strong beginning of an angelic announcing his birth to leaving a legacy of compromise and moral weakness. Compromise and moral weakness is what ended up becoming of this man. So the Bible says that we need to heed the word so that we don't fall into the same trap. If a Delilah spirit is at work in your life, its goal is to weaken you to compromise. But that's not going to be you, amen? So this is what I want to do. I want to pray. I want all of us to pray. Because sometimes you're not aware that there is a spirit at work. And if you're not aware, like I said, if you're unaware, then you're also unprepared. And you're not fighting or taking authority because you don't see the need. That doesn't mean the destruction's not happening. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to first, we're, we'll do this corporately, but repent of some of the things that I saw in this, in this chapter as I was reading with Samson and Delilah. So Father, we just come before you. Right now, just have that, that attitude of prayer because you can be praying also just under your own breath. I want you to be praying specifically as the Lord directs you as well, okay? But this is a prayer. You know, I don't want to bring a message like this and then not give you an opportunity to get free at the same time, right? So I want you to just be praying, and I'm going to pray some things, but I want you to pray as well because God may be speaking to you right now, and it may be something different than what I'm speaking from the pulpit. Listen to the Holy Spirit and let him guide your tongue. So, Father, right now we repent. And I do ask you, Father, that you would open up our understanding, our mind, of our understanding, Lord God, and that we would hear from you and that we would know exactly what you are asking us to repent of. Because, Lord, we don't want to be unaware of an assignment, a spirit that's working against the will of God in our lives. So we repent right now of compromise. Every one of us, we repent. And in any area, I don't care how big or small we may think it is, we repent of compromise because it's all sin to God. We repent, we repent of pride. Lord God, forgive us, Lord God. Prideful ways. Forgive us. We repent. We repent of having a man-pleasing spirit. We repent of any sexual sin, any, any um, lust. We repent, Father God. We repent, Father God, of any kind of a wayward life and just uh, a lack of a fear of God. We repent because we want to walk in the fear of God. It's the beginning of wisdom. And Father, as we repent of these things and many other things, we renounce these spirits as well. We renounce the spirit of compromise and pride. We renounce the man-pleasing spirit. We renounce that lack of fear towards the Lord, that lack of honor towards God. We renounce these things. Generationally, we renounce these things as well. Any generational curse that still is active in our bloodline that would have to do with the spirit of compromise like this, the spirit of this Delilah spirit, what pressures you to do what you're being called or said to do by an individual, but not by God. It's a generational curse of control and manipulation. And we renounce that right now. And we command it to be removed in the name of Jesus. 
I command the Delilah spirit to break off of you right now. Every one of you, that Delilah spirit to break off of you, to be removed from you and to be removed from your offspring, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we command it to go. And I want you to tell it to go. That spirit of Delilah, I command it to go. Spirit of compromise, I command it to go. That man-pleasing spirit, I command it to go. Where I want to please man more than I want to please God, I command it to go. I command frustration to go. We don't act and move from frustration. We don't allow a spirit of frustration to cause us to make a decision. We allow the spirit of God to let us make a decision. Not fear, not frustration. Not someone's persistence when they're persisting against the will of God. Thank you, Jesus. Since children, since children and grandchildren of this generation are being enticed, and we know that, right? You know, being enticed, being seduced, literally being baited by this same spirit, we also take authority and we command this enticing spirit to be removed from their lives right now. We command that that compromise that is tempting them consistently, day after day after day, lying to them, telling them they're this when they're not, they're that when they're not. We command the lying spirit to go. We command the spirit of gender confusion to go. We command the tormentor right now uh, to leave right now where they think it's okay to sin, that God is okay with fornication. God is not okay with that. We command it to go drug, drug, use drug abuse we command it to go the spirit of alcoholism we command that to go right now every place where they don't think they need God because they think they are God a God in their own making we rebuke that spirit of pride and command it to go right now all forms of compromise must leave our children and our children's children in the name of Jesus Every God-hating spirit that's active in their life, we command it to go. Every place where they're pointing the finger at God and blaming God, we command that spirit to leave them. In the name of Jesus. Everything that is enticing them, everything that is tempting them, everything that is absorbing them, everything that's trying to enthrall them, everything that is trying to lure our youth to be seduced and to be lulled to sleep by the devil, spiritually asleep, we sever that spirit off of their lives. Tries to lull them asleep. No. No again. In the name of Jesus literally tries to lull them asleep we bind that Delilah spirit and we say off our families now in Jesus name hallelujah glory to God thank you father the Bible says whatever we bind here on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose here on earth is loosed in heaven. Matthew 18, 18. The Bible says in Luke 10, 19 that I have given you authority to trample upon. And that's what we just did tonight. Trample upon snakes and scorpions and over all to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you. By any means. Devil's under your feet. Wisdom is coming forth because the word of God is speaking.
Father, we do stand in the gap for our children and we ask you to forgive them because some of them are not asking for forgiveness for themselves. Father, we ask right now that you forgive them of their stupidity, of their rebellion, of their idolatry. Father, have mercy on them and forgive them, O oh God, and wake them up to the truth. Your word is truth. Your word says sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth, O oh Lord. Sanctify them, O oh God. Father, God, we pray that the word of God would be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path, O oh God. We thank you, Lord God, that the word illuminates them because we are praying the word of truth over them, which does not return void. So, Father, we've told that spirit to go. Now I want to bless them with the truth that, Father, you in them is more than enough. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, right? So Christ in us is more than enough. We have the ability to make right decisions when we yield to the spirit of truth, not our own reasoning when it doesn't line up with this word. We yield to the truth, which is the word of God, not our circumstance. We yield to the truth, which never changes, and not our frustration to make change happen. Father, I thank you right now for clarity. I thank you for awakening them up. I thank you for bold, courageous faith. I thank you that the righteous are as bold as a lion and they will speak truth and they will not back down. I thank you, Lord God, that truth is being spoken and every ear is hearing right now. Father, I thank you that no one will fall into deception. No one will fall into confusion. No one will fall into compromise because the spirit of truth is here and speaking and we bless the name of the Lord. So I speak over them clarity of mind, clarity of heart, courage in their spirit, man, and doing the will of God every day of their life, even when it costs you something in Jesus' name. Everyone say, yes, Jesus, you are worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all. Amen.